You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, uh, we've looked at quite a, you know, a lot from last Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, and Sunday again. And we want to just see how the Lord will help us as we move on in Jesus' name. The text that uh, we've been looking at from Sunday is 1 John 2 verse 14. And it says, I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know, the overcomer as a theme is not something that you can easily just get off of. And um, part of the things we want to actually understand is what does it mean to overcome? Okay. And um, our preacher on Sunday tried to also tell us that and just thinking about it, it simply means to me, my own definition, succeeding in spite of obstacles, isn't that? Winning in spite of, you know, opposition or defeating or overpowering an opponent. So when the Bible begins to say we are overcomers, it begins to let us know that what we are in for is not a work in the park. Praise the Lord. It means that there will be opposition. In John 16, 33, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us made it very clear to us. He said, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have. He spoke to us that in him we may have peace. The next statement says, in the world you will have what? Tribulation. But in me you will have what? peace. So there is peace and there is tribulation coexisting. In me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But what? Be of good cheer for what? I have overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor, be of good cheer? Our captain has won. Praise the Lord. And now you know if we were playing a football match or any game and the captain wins, what happens to the rest of the team? They've won as well. So our captain has won, so we have no choice. Amen? We are winners in the name of Jesus. So you can say congratulations to yourself. Hallelujah. Our captain has won. Okay? Now come with me to Matthew 9, and we'll read something there, which I think that's where we, we begin to connect from and move forward. Matthew 9, 27. I'll read from 27 for time. Actually, would have loved to take it from 18. Okay, let me just give a background. From 18, the Bible says Jesus, while he was speaking and teaching and answering questions, said a ruler came, a ruler, uh, some other, um, the gospel records will say, a ruler of the synagogue came and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will leave. Praise the Lord. So it says, Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. On his way, a woman met him, verse 20, who had had a flow of blood for 12 years, 
and touched the hem of his garment. For she had said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. 22 says, Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the Bible says, and the woman was made well from that hour. Okay. Now, 23, Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. He said to them, make room for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. Praise the Lord. 26 says, and the report what? Of this went into all that land. I think it was good we did this background. The report of what he did went out into all that land. Okay, so we now read 27. Let's read 27 to 31 together. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they departed there, they spread the news about him in all that country. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Now, I want us to pray, and we are going to pray in response to what happened in 28. When they came into the house, the blind men came to Jesus. Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do what you're asking of me? Praise the Lord. And the question I believe the Spirit of God you know, said to me that we are going to use as a basis for our meditation is, you are an overcomer. Do you believe this? Praise the Lord. Because if you look in that text, Jesus healed them. But in a way, Jesus really didn't heal them. Jesus says, be it unto you according to your faith. So it was a blank statement that the answer, the manifestation was not what Jesus said. It was what they believed. Praise the Lord. So the overcomer, do you believe this? Let's bow our heads as we talk to the Lord. Lord, I want to believe. Help me to believe. We can't take it for granted. Lord, I want to believe. You spoke to us that we have overcome the wicked one. You said to us we are strong and that the word of God abides in us and that we overcome the world. Lord, help us even as we look into your word to believe this indeed in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, quicken us. Open our eyes. Where there are obstacles, where there are hindrances, Lord, help us tonight that as a church, we will believe what you say concerning us. You have called us overcomers. Let us go forth from tonight, being overcomers indeed, in the name of Jesus, that when you say, be it unto you according to your faith, we will not have anything less. Thank you, our Father. For in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. You know, our Lord Jesus, when he was on earth, he used this statement a lot. And even from the beginning of the gospel, where the Bible says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave them the power or the right to become children of God. 
Okay, so we see that the interaction we have with God, and I think sometime before now, we are trying to understand this. Because God is limitless, because God is omniscient, because God is omnipotent, you see, how does God measure what he gives to you? Now, if you go to the ocean for water, what quantity of water can the ocean give to you? Sorry? It's the container that you come with. The ocean can give you ocean. You can't handle it. It will be a flood. Praise the Lord. So the only way, because of God's limitless power, the only way he can deal rightly with man is according to our faith. Even the scripture that says to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, according to, according to, because if God gives you not according to, you're dead. I believe that's part of what happened with Enoch. They got so close that Enoch couldn't function as a human being anymore. But he also didn't die. So the Bible says he was not. Hallelujah. He didn't die, but we can't see him. He had taken a deposit of God that he could no longer operate on earth. Praise the Lord. The Bible says Moses spent such time in the presence of the Lord. He didn't eat for 40 days. If they had left Enoch, he'll still be here now, not sick, not dead, not hungry. Because the deposit of God had come into him. Praise the Lord. So omnipotence has to measure itself to you and I in the measure that we come with. Now, for some people we find in scriptures, we see that they've received enough. Just like this blind man showed to us. The Bible says, and their eyes were opened. It meant that they came with enough faith that their eyes will be opened and they begin to see. Praise the Lord. Imagine if they didn't come with enough faith. Then Jesus will say, be it unto you according to your faith. And then they'll still be groping. Why? Because they never expected that he would do it. Say, God forbid. So tonight we are looking at overcomers, believing indeed that we are overcomers in the name of Jesus. And like we've said, overcoming implies that there are obstacles. It implies there is opposition. It implies that, you know, challenges will be there. And this is one area that any Christian who has a solid foundation, even from new converse class, should have graduated from. But unfortunately and incidentally, many have not graduated from this class. That you a Christian does not mean you will not have challenges. In fact, that you're a Christian means you will have challenges. Praise the Lord. Because you see, you are now born from above. The Lord Jesus speaking to the Jews says, I'm from above, you're from beneath. He says, if I were amongst you, you would receive me. So the very fact that you're born again makes you different from the people of the world. Now, difference has challenges. Everybody is going in this direction, but you know you shouldn't go in this direction. That means you're going to be moving against the grain. Praise the Lord. If you don't understand that from the moment you become born again, you will not last as a Christian. Because what people celebrate is what you abhor. What people, you know, call shame is what you call glory. Praise the Lord. But when you become an overcomer, no matter what they do, you will keep pressing on in the direction that you know you should go. Amen, somebody. Okay? So, do you believe this? Do you believe you are an overcomer? Romans 8.28. We all know that it says, and we know that all things work together for, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. And we know, what do we know? How many things? All things. You know we don't believe that. Praise the Lord. We don't believe that. 
Because if we believe that, we will never complain about anything. And we know that some things, that good things work together for good. That's the one we believe. And we know that things we want to happen, when they happen, they work for our good. That's what we know. But when we want things to happen this way, and they don't happen that way, we complain. Because we don't believe the scripture. And it's because we don't understand that we are to be overcomers. Now, somebody had said, why wait for Nigeria to play Brazil and then Brazil will defeat us in the football match? Go to the stadium before Brazil comes and stand in front of their post and kick in the ball 100 times and have 100 goals. The children are laughing. Have you ever thought about that? We just win them before they come. We lay an ambush. You see, you're all laughing. What would that be? Would that be a victory? Why won't it be a victory? Because there's no resistance. Now, why is it that when there's resistance in the issues of your life, you fall, you faint, you give up? That means you wanted to win Brazil like I'm suggesting. Run in there on time, stand in front of the post, and just keep kicking in the balls and be counting. Record it on video. When the fans come, tell them, look, we won. We scored 100 goals. (laughs) You don't imagine that. You understand? Because you know life doesn't operate like that. Hallelujah. And we know that all, if you have your Bible, underline the word all. All means all. Hallelujah. Already the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody about something you're complaining that is amongst all. All means all. And we know that all things work together. Now, it doesn't say all things are good. But it says all things that work together. Praise the Lord. Now I, um, okay, did I tell you people that this 29 years of me marrying this beautiful girl? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you know, I was, I was just blessing God. God is so wonderful. I married a beautiful girl. I didn't know I married a local solid cook. The type of thing she cooks out. Beautiful girls don't cook it out. I'm telling you the truth. Anyway, we're talking about all things. That's why, you know, I had to touch that. You see, I don't know how to cook at all, but she covers up for me. And we'll win any competition. I'll just be eating. She'll be cooking. (laughs) Okay? Now, in cooking, there are parts of the food that you can't put in your mouth. But those parts of the food, if you don't put it in the food, the food won't be sweet. Am I right? That is what all things mean. I think there's one they call Oliede. What's the English name? Kokoyam. When is now mixed? You see, you can't eat it, but cook bitter leaf soup without it. It will be medicine. I get it now. So it's the combination, not it standing alone. It is all. That's what the scripture says. And we know that in the life of the Christian, all things, they make a good soup. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. All things, all things. But you see, if you and I don't have that belief, like Jesus asked us this evening, do you believe this? We will never be able to get to that place where it becomes good for us. Praise the Lord. 
The overcomer has to have this understanding. It's working for my good. It's working for my good. It's working for my good. I don't think it now. I don't feel it now. It's working for my good. It's working for my good. The father loves me. He will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I can bear. It's going to work for my good. Do you know that every experience a child of God has is sifted before the Lord before it comes to you? He has a sieve that measures it. That's why he says no temptation will come unless what? It's common one and then he will not allow you. So it has to be common and then he has to be the one you can bear. He will not allow you to be tempted. That statement, do you believe the word of God? So has a temptation come your way? It means God weighed you and weighed the temptation and said you can handle this. That's the mindset of an overcomer. You know why? Because if the enemy ever tells you that you can't handle it then and you believe it, that's the beginning of failure. This thing is too much for me. Not with God. Because God says, I will make sure you are not tempted beyond what you are able. So once that temptation comes, God has measured it and judged that you are what? Able. But if you don't believe it, praise the Lord. That's what we're talking about. If you don't believe it, so do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe that God has equipped you in this way? Do you agree with God that all things work together for your good? Let's look at another scripture. Foundation. John chapter 1. In John chapter 1 from verse 3. Okay, we we actually should read from verse 1 because it's one of the uh, sweetest scriptures to read. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was, he was in the beginning with God. Okay, three, let's read together. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, okay? And the life was the light of men. Now, see the connection. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, five says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, what? Did not comprehend it. Okay, now, watch this. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to just give me an answer, yes or no. Is there any possibility that darkness can be upon light and light will not shine? It's not possible. No matter the thickness of the darkness, I want you to be scientific this evening, okay? No matter the thickness of the darkness and no matter the littleness of the light, will light refuse to shine? Will it be impossible? It has never happened. Now, let me put it to you, sir. It is not possible that the world overcomes you. It is not possible that the enemy overcomes you. Because this scripture is talking about you. It says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the world. Are you with me? The same way you have agreed with me that no thickness of darkness can make it impossible for any little light to shine. It means that no situation in this world, scientifically, spiritually, by whatever means, should be able to keep you from overcoming. That's what he's saying. And the light shines in the darkness. That word they're comparing means it could not arrest it. It could not shut it out. It could not hinder it. Now, with that understanding, brothers and sisters, I want you to begin to see who God has said you are. You are the overcomer. You are an overcomer. 
for that particular situation you're facing, you were designed to overcome it. Praise the Lord. Yes. And if that is all that you get with tonight, you're doing well. That you believe that when it comes now, you say, ah, no. Oh, oh, I was waiting for this. And you go head on. I was watching an interview that um, they made with uh, Sophia. Sophia is, is a humanoid, one of the, the new humanoids. Okay, so one of the questions that the uh, interviewer asked her was about fear. And Sophia said she has no sense of fear. Now, do you know that as a born-again Christian, Sophia has no copyright to that statement? Perfect love casts out fear. Say you have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of what? A sound mind. That's what you have. But do we have fear? You see, when people joke with, you know, fellowship, prayer, and different things, it's because they don't know what has been given to us. They don't know what is in the warehouse. Praise the Lord. If you want to backslide, just check and say, I have no fear again. I have faith for all things. But you see, every time you come, you're you're making progress. Praise the Lord. If all you get tonight is that you know that fear is illegal in your life. If Sophia, a humanoid, can say she doesn't experience fear, why should you, that carries the living one inside of you, have fear? It says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So no fear of tomorrow, no fear of yesterday, no fear of man, no fear of devil, no fear of uh, Tinubu. No fear, just no fear. The only fear you have is the reverential fear of God. You know what that will make you as a human being? You know what that will make a young lady that somebody is trying to sleep with promising marriage? It will tyson the person. If the person comes near enough, just tyson off the ear. Because there is no fear if you miss this one, who will come again? Are you getting what we are talking about? There is no fear that if this man doesn't help me, I will lose opportunity. There is no fear if this thing doesn't happen then I will lose this. No, you have no sense of fear. Why? Because you're so full of assurance. You're so certain in whose you are, in who you are, in where you are, in your position with God. That is what it's about. That's what makes you an overcomer. Praise the Lord. I told us also about the one I saw some other time, the one that the dog, um, human, no, dog, doginoid. The one that they introduced into the cage of a tiger. And the tiger was actually running. And the tiger was much bigger than it. And they said that the reason the tiger was running from this, you know, thing was that the thing was not responding to the tiger's stress. So the tiger will roar. The thing doesn't know, will rush. The thing is not moving. <laughs> if I saw another one recently, a bull, but, but I, don't, I don't think that was a balanced fight. A bull was, you know, tied down. And then there was this little sausage. They have sausage bulldogs now. Very tiny. And it was rushing the bull. The bull had to bend to be able to reach its head. But they literally had to kick out that little dog. It kept going at this big bull. It kept going at it. Now, I'm sure if the bull was not tied on a rope, it would have run from that dog after a while. Because how do you keep beating this small thing? And it keeps coming at you. You know, the Igbos have a saying. The Igbos said, if you wake up in the morning, and the chicken or the fowl starts pursuing you. You say, Rono, <laughs> Rono, maybe he greets it overnight. <laughs> you know? 
so what you can do with your life if you have no sense of fear you don't feel fear and you know that's part of the issue we have with uh, this part of the world by the time our children are getting to six years and seven years we have scared them with ojuju calabar we have scared them with hospital we have scared them you'll break your neck you have scared them with everything that they're afraid of every form of expression because anything they try, you tell them one story, you harass them, you beat them, you this. You know, it, it makes sense yeah, because you can't call any uh, what, ambulance to come and carry them. We have a friend. She's Nigerian. The, the husband is British. And the daughter, I'm sure if they trained that child, that child would have been winning gymnastics in the world now. At three years, the child will climb to the highest bunk bed and just jump and fall. Not jump, just fall. So all the mother will say is... Um, Katie, he said, do you want to live to be six years? One and a half. Eh? Do you understand? We had a neighbor then, another white boy also. We'll come out in our house when we're living in my town. The child will be running on the fence. We used to call him Tarzan. You know? Now, these are experiences. Imagine a child grows up, you know, with that mindset. I can do whatever. But, you know, we African parents, the beating would have given that child. Even to walk now, the child will be afraid. So there is fear. All around, you know, imbibed in us unconsciously. Okay? But the truth is that as a child of God, you know, who is called to be an overcomer. And that is the spirit David had. Imagine a boy. The father's sheep, a lion comes. What should a normal boy do? Run home and tell the father, Daddy, Daddy, join me to praise the Lord. What happened? The lion came. Ah, you came. You're not going out again. We are going to employ shepherds. You won't even go again. So there are lions in this uh, wilderness, in this place. That's what would have happened. But what happened with David? The lion caught the lamb and was okay. David went to look for the lion. I've told us here before that if David belonged to an African parent, after he tells the story, they'll beat him up. Say, this is how you people cause trouble. So what did he say that happened? He said, I was keeping sheep. And then the lion came and carried one lamb. And then you ran after it. You, you what? <laughs> you know, we read the Bible story and we, we don't... You run after the lion that had taken the lamb and was going. You run after a lion. This boy, you will not kill me. <laughs> Isn't it what will happen? But we now read the story and we, you know, we're okay with it. Ah, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. And this uh, uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. And you're okay. That is you. Praise the Lord. That is you. The, you are the overcomer. The overcomer. It says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong. We have the strong one in us, so we are strong. Praise the Lord. This strength is not original to us. It's donated to us. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my word. Spirit says, so it's given to me, for me to use. Some time ago here, we learned his authority. It is permission to function. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Okay? So, the overcomer is somebody who has no sense of fear. And why do we fear? We fear because we don't want to die. Isn't it? But we believe the scripture that if in this world only we have hope in Christ Jesus, we have all men what? But we believe we also are afraid of dying. Now, what if what to introduce you to your highest achievement as a Christian involves you dying in the process? Praise the Lord. You know, I, I read somewhere, somebody wrote, and, you know, it was quite, you know, uh, eye-opening. It said, Peter loved Jesus so much that he was ready to kill for Jesus. 
Remember when, you know, the uh, high priest servant, he drew out the knife and cut off his ear. But he said, Peter was also such a coward that he wasn't even ready to say, yes, I'm a Jesus follower to some little girls. And sometimes that's how our faith can be. We can make a lot of noise, but when it demands a little, a little risk, we chicken out. That's not the kind of faith we're going to have. Amen? Praise the Lord. Because fear of death is the extreme. But just like the ambassadors, I wish we had a lot of the ambassadors there. Because this is an area that if they can conquer, you know, they will so be powerful in their world. Fear of shame, fear of, you know, abandonment, fear of loss of friends. You can't imagine what people would do if their friends will no longer be their friends. It's not dying we are talking about. It's not dying. Fear of loss of friendship, of popularity, you know, or clout, of all of that. You don't know what all those things, you know, put on, on people. But when you've come to the place where you fear nothing, you're moving and all of a sudden you turn nobody's with you. You keep moving, you wave bye-bye to them. Do you understand? That's what it means to have no fear. And that's what will equip you and I to become this overcomer that God has said we are. To enter into it, to truly experience it. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 2, 15, 14 and 15. Talking about our Lord Jesus. It says, In as much as the, then as the children are partaking of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Okay, 15 now. He says, And release those who through fear of death were what? All their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear keeps you in bondage. You can't do business. You can't even work. You can't even write the exam. You can't even apply for the job. If you want to apply for the job, you're already hearing no, 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 no. If you're hearing no, then apply and truly hear the no now. Let them be the ones saying no. You're saying no to yourself. True fear, we're subject to bond. Fear comes to paralyze you, to keep you from doing what you should do. Telling you this is the end. If that is the end, then let's meet it now. Praise the Lord, somebody. You haven't asked. Fear tells you they will say no. If they will say no, let me hear the no. But I bet you, because the favor of the Lord is upon you, you will not hear no in Jesus' name. Okay? Release those who through fear. Fear will not let you be an overcomer because with any challenge, you withdraw, you faint, you fail before anything has happened. Okay? So we receive boldness in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive strength in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, another thing that's, you know, in this direction of functioning and living life as overcomers is unbelief. It's close to fear, but not exactly. You see, the thing about unbelief, we learned some time ago, that unbelief is not intellectual. Unbelief, what did we learn that unbelief was? If I, let me see if anybody here remembers. Unbelief is not intellectual, which means unbelief doesn't mean I don't believe because I don't understand. That's not the reason why people don't believe. We learn that unbelief is a moral decision. You know why? Because if unbelief were intellectual, then the educated would be better believers. The enlightened people, the intellectuals of the world, will have amongst them the best believers. But is that the case we find in the world? No. Unbelief is a moral decision. You know why? Because unbelief is you make a choice. I will believe you. When you go to the shop to buy things, you go to buy a mango or whatever you go. You make a choice for the one you buy, isn't it? Then when you choose it, you now 
haggle the price or pay the price. And you go. It's the same thing we believe. When we believe God, we decide to believe him. When we don't believe God, we decide not to believe him. Believing God means I, I throw myself, I'm in on it. Now, the outcome and all of that is secondary. But the good news is that when you are in on it at that point, God holds your hand and then you experience it. Let's look at what he said in Matthew 17, 19 and 20. Then disciples came to Jesus. This was after he had cast out the demon from the little boy. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? What did Jesus say to them? He said to them, because of what? Your unbelief. He didn't say because the demon was strong. He didn't say because the case was difficult. He said because of what? Your unbelief. In essence, he was saying before you started, you didn't even believe you would do it. Because of your unbelief. So you were not disappointed. Praise the Lord, somebody. But I'm believing, and I believe you're believing you're an overcomer, amen? And you'll no longer be disappointed in the name of Jesus. Because of unbelief. You commit yourself to it. That's what belief does. You commit yourself to it. You say, no, I heard God. I believe God. I trust God. So you submit to the process. Or you take the step of faith. Unbelief will keep you from taking a step. Belief will make you take a step. You start it. Should I start? Should I not start? Should I start? Should I say yes? Should I say no? Belief will say yes. And you move on. That's what belief does. Praise the Lord. And belief also involves persistence. The reason people draw back is because they have unbelief. Let me break that down. Can we go to Mark 10, please? Because that's very important. Mark 10, 46. If you're going to be an overcomer, like we, we have been spoken to and declared to, we will persist. Mark 10, the account of blind Bartimaeus, verse 46 to 52. There was a blind man, very blind, and then there was a great multitude, okay? And then Jesus was passing by. And most of the multitude there weren't blind. Are you with me? They were not blind. So they were following Jesus. And Jesus, this man had heard, Jesus was passing by. Jesus heals blind eyes. So this blind man begins to shout to Jesus. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Go on. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the multitude of unblind men said to him, shut up, shut up. You're disturbing us. You're disturbing us. What did the Bible say? The mother said to him, Shut up. The more he did what? That's what belief does. Praise the Lord. Those who believe for a new Nigeria, they are not keeping quiet. They are speaking louder. The other one was wishing. There is a difference between wish and believe. When you wish, you read the pattern. Are you with me? When you wish, you read the pattern. It has to go like a graph. It has to go geometrically in a direction. That's wish. But when you believe, it doesn't matter the direction. That's why the Bible says, Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. When you believe, it doesn't move with the plotting of a graph. No. That's wishing. Wish is that if I look at his face and he's not friendly, I withdraw. But when I believe, no matter how his face is, I will look at him and place a demand. You know why? I've already seen the end. And no matter how, you know, covered the road is, I hold on because I believe. That's what belief is. Believe is persistent. Shut up. Shut up. He cried the more. He cried the more. At the end of the story, what happened? Jesus stood. The multitude stood. And the multitude called him. Belief will change whatever people are saying around you. Are you with me? 
That's what makes us overcomers. To overcome, you know, <laughs> ah, Lord help us. Praise the Lord. We have to persist on something, you know, this is the will of God. This is the, you know, purpose of God. This is the counsel of God. You have to hold on. You have to hold on. There is nobody in the Bible who God made a promise to who entered into it without persistence. And we're talking not about months. We're talking about years. We're talking about many things going wrong. And at the end of the day, we see that God's promises came to pass. You will receive grace to hold on in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay? Another one, you know, quickly, is lack of the knowledge of God, which I think we, we touched that last Sunday or two Sundays ago. Hosea 4.6. Say, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we looked at the Living Bible. Living Bible made it very, you know, clear to us. He said, my people are destroyed because they do not know me. What does that mean? They do not know me. Now, Jesus was a frequent guest in the house of Mary, Martha, and um, Lazarus. And Lazarus became sick, and Jesus wasn't around. So they sent a message to our Lord Jesus. And said, Master, look at the way the message came. It says, the one whom you love is what? Is sick. Now, under normal circumstances, that was an SOS to power three, right? Because this is not just an ordinary case. We're not just calling doctor. We're saying the one whom you love is sick. But the Bible said, Jesus, having heard that, what did he do? He tarried. Okay. Now, at that point, when he came, Lazarus had died. Okay? What did Mary and Martha say to Jesus? Master, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. So they knew a Jesus that could come late. Okay. But Jesus said to them, if you believe, even now, you will what? We know the end of the story. After that, do you think if they sent for Jesus on any matter... They will say to him, if he had been here. Do you think if they send for Jesus on any matter, they will bury the matter? They will be doing party. What has changed? Not the circumstances. Their knowledge of him. As your knowledge of him improves, the capacity or the probability of your being destroyed begins to die down. You know that this one, you can't quench him. This one, you can't douse his fire. No matter what you say to him. You know, like the songwriter says, he knows that God has a track record of keeping his word. He will come for me. He will raise my head. I will not be put to shame. I will not be abandoned. I know whom I believe. And I'm persuaded. That's what comes from it. When such understanding comes, sir, man, you will overcome. Because in that situation where you're in, you just know that you know that you know. That if it's this God that you have stood on his side. And that's what I tell people about Nigeria. God is merciful. Praise the Lord. God is righteous. God is faithful. God has integrity. God has a name to protect. I know God. That's why Nigeria cannot continue like this. Because, you see, if he does nothing. Ah, even the Bible said, Lord, cast away the scepter of wickedness from the land allotted to the righteous. Lest the righteous, what? Turn to iniquity. God doesn't do iniquity. He doesn't like it. He doesn't appreciate it. He doesn't want us to. So he will intervene in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. When you know him, 
You know, these are the kind of things that, you know. And it's, it gets interesting when the wicked begin to gloat. Ah, that one gets his attention quickly. Okay? Praise the Lord. Overcomers. Being an overcomer. Vision. When there is a vision of what God has for me and God has for you, you overcome surely. The case of Joseph. Joseph was given a dream. This is what is going to happen. Your father, your mother, your brothers are going to bow before you. And after, I don't know whether it was after he told the dream or before he told the dream that they made him the coat of many colors, which means he was coronated even before time. (laughs) He was the only one who had the coat now. Praise the Lord. The others were coatless. Joseph was the only coated man in that family. (laughs) But the coat served a purpose. The coat served the purpose of becoming the evidence that they would give to the father that they had been killed. If he had no coat, that act would have been difficult for them to carry out. All things working together. <laughs> because how would they have plotted it? They would have really had to kill him or not kill him. But because of the coat, there was a substitute. So the coat was killed, but Joseph was not killed. Somebody here, there's a word for you. The coat may have been destroyed, but you're coming. You're, there's a resurrection. All they knew Joseph with was, the, he can imagine a coat in the village. I mean, coat 50 years ago in the village. You know how you stand out. Then imagine coat in their time. That must have been like carrying a building around. Everywhere he went. Okay? But this is what happened. They sold him to slavery. He was in slavery. You know, right there. We know what happened with Potiphar's wife and all of that. All of those things happened. And then in Genesis chapter 50, when the father died, the brother said, Oh, Barry, we don't finish. Now their father has died. The only thing that kept this boy from killing us. Let's see verse 20. Let's see what happened there. Thank you. This is verse 20. Now, you know what happened? All the while that was happening, (laughs) Joseph knew something, that he was on a mission. So he said to the brothers, you, what did you mean? You meant evil against me. He said, but God did what? Meant it for good. That's vision. Say, Lord, open my eyes. You meant evil against me, but God what? Why? It says, in order to bring it about as it is, which day? This day, this day now, to save many people alive. Sars and mass, if you knew the future God has written concerning you, there is nothing you won't endure. Let's rise on our faith. Overcomers have a vision. They know it's not about themselves. You know, they know, they know. It's not about themselves. Okay, we're doing marriage anniversary today. Glory to God, 29 years. And the truth is this. There are many things that help you in every area of life when you know that the choice you're making is not just about you, sir. It's not that I'm angry. No, if you're angry, do you know whether that there's a scripture we cannot miss? Thank you, Holy Spirit. No, we can't miss it. Just remain standing. I'll touch you quickly. To be an overcomer, there is wisdom also. Oh yes, there is wisdom. Because there is so much noise and there is so much volume you know, in Christianity now. But we are not growing in wisdom. Let me tell you the case of wisdom. First Samuel chapter 1. We have uh, Hannah. Hannah was the wife of Elkanah. Okay? And Penina used to paint Hannah all the time. So Hannah had become a master at being provoked. Anytime, any little thing, Hannah would just lose her temper. Because you can imagine, first wife, no child, second wife, Five children, six children, and counting. You know, so any little thing, Hannah will lose her temper. But after some time, 
Hannah spoke to herself. Let me say spoke to herself. And she was ready to do business with God and leave men. The Bible says she went into the temple and started talking to God and made a vow to God. Behold your maid servant. Oh, if you would just give me a child, even I, Hannah, will not keep this child. I'll give it. That's another level. Okay, but that's not where we're going to. What I'm going to today is that in the midst of that situation, a backsliding prophet known by uh, trending, all his acts were trending. Everybody knew publicly that Eli was forsaken. He was no longer hearing God. Said to Hannah, you are a drunk woman. When will you stop this your drinking? What is wrong with you, Hannah? What did Hannah respond? Listen to me. If you can control your temper, there are some moments, there are some areas, there are some situations where they provoke you. It is the final test from the pit of hell to get you out. The devil knew that Hannah had struck. Which one in Kalu Kalu gives you the money? Is it 777? Kalu Kalu is a jackpot. It's 77, that is the number, eh? Oluwashino. <laughs> you see, Hannah had hit 777. And the devil said, what can I do to abort this breakthrough? He entered the mouth of Eli. And Eli looked at her. said, look at you, woman. Won't you put that drink away? Hannah could have said, who they talk? <laughs> who be that? <laughs> Old man. You can't see your children to talk to. She would have been right. God was angry with Eli. Everybody was disappointed. The children may have even made moves at Hannah before then. So she would have been justified. But wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is better than the weapons of war. Sars and mass. There are situations that we need wisdom to overcome with. Not noise. Not shouting. It came to provoke her. She humbled herself the more. It's easy to humble yourself before a man that everybody honors and respects. But to humble yourself before somebody that you know should not be humbled before, that's a test. And Hannah said, my Lord, it is out of a sorrowful spirit. Even as she now said that, the Holy Spirit took Eli over and spoke to Hannah. You will overcome. I say you will overcome. I say we will overcome. Let's begin to pray. I don't know which one they spoke to you concerning yourself. But do you believe I'm, I am an overcomer? I believe that. Lord, I receive, oh Lord Father, the grace never again to allow myself to be held back. You have said I overcome. I will overcome. You have said this fear. I'm no longer afraid. Every spirit of fear, every blindness, every lack of vision, Many years ago, she ministering to some ladies who were prostitutes, said to them, listen, young lady, whatever excuse you might have for doing what you're doing, if you saw a vision of yourself, the wife of a governor in future, will you continue in this? Will you continue in this practice? It is blindness that makes us compromise. It is blindness. Do you know where God has placed you? Do you know the seat that is reserved in the agenda of God for you? There are some things you can't go down to. There are some levels you can't go down, sir. There's a high place. There's a place of calling. There's a, a place of royalty, a place of reigning where God wants to introduce you amongst my sons. What the Lord said to the Lord, Behold, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, was meant for Jesus first and for the rest of us following. 
I am called to be an overcomer. He says, you have overcome the wicked one. Why should the enemy overcome me? Why should light be shut down by darkness? Something that is not possible scientifically. Why should I allow it spiritually? Why should I say yes to failure? Why should I yes, yes to low life? Why should I agree to hate when I'm called to love? Why should I surrender to envy when I'm called to praise and to virtue? Why should I accept? Why should I get into immorality when I'm supposed to be sought, preserving? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Somebody needs to kick out every spirit of fear. Because that's the reason some of us don't have what we should have. That's the reason some of us are not operating at the level we should operate at. Because the enemy has so, you know, held us in bondage. You're going to lose. Who do you think you are? I'm not thinking about who I am. I've been thinking on the Lord Jesus. I have no time to think about who I am. I think on my king. He's high and lifted up. And the throne of his robe fills the temple. I think about Jesus alone. And I just know that my life is hid in Christ and Christ in God. I'm not thinking about myself. So don't ask me who I think I am. I think Jesus and I know he's the son of God. I know he's king of kings. I know he's the soon coming one. I know he's the land of the tribe of Judah. I know he's my Lord and he has given me his name. I'm not thinking of myself. Who do you think you are? I'm not thinking about myself, sir. It's him. I'm no longer afraid. I'm not afraid. I have a redeemer. I have an advocate. I have a savior. I have a captain. I have a champion. I have a master. Jesus is my Lord. He has his hand upon me. He has chosen me and he has ordained me to go forth and bear fruit. Why should I not bear fruit? Why can't I win souls? I'm afraid. But tonight we are no longer afraid. do you believe that daniel was one like you do you believe that job was a man like like passion do you believe that elijah was like you do you believe that david believed in the same god that you're calling upon young man do you believe that do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that these were men of like passions? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Peter walked on water at the word of Jesus? Do you believe that? Do you believe that they can put treasures in the sack? Do you believe that the way can be made where there is no way? Do you believe that God is never late sister god is never late sister god is never late brother god is never late Masoka Lagarada. do you believe that that thing can work for your good do you believe that the word of god says it's all all of them everything all of them every yes that one is working it can work do you believe that do you believe that do you believe that the condition in nigeria is working for you do you believe that? For a subsidy removal, exchange rate, whatever. Do you believe that it's all working? Do you believe that? Somebody here needs to hear that it's never late. It's never late. Ah, 